Welcome to the Baseline Community Church Podcast. Let's pray this prayer together. It'll be up on the screen for us. This is a prayer that Dallas Willard prayed before each of the classes when he was teaching this, and I just think it's such a great prayer. So let's pray this together. Lord Jesus Christ, we are so thankful to you that you have said, fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. We are thankful for the ease with which you walked upon this earth, the generosity and kindness you showed to people, the devotion with which you cared for those who were out of the way and in trouble, the extent to which you even loved your enemies and laid down your life for them. We are so thankful to believe that this is a life for us, a life without lack, a life of sufficiency. It's so clear in you, the sufficiency of your Father and the fullness of life that was poured through you And we're so thankful that you have promised that same love, that same life, that same joy, that same power for us. Lord, slip up on us today. Get past our defenses, our worries, our concerns. Gently open our souls and speak your word into them. We believe you want to do it, and we wait for you to do it now in your name Amen. Amen. I just love that prayer. I love how he says, slip up on us and get past our defenses, our worries, and our concerns. Because so often, that's, that's what we bring on a Sunday morning oftentimes, are our concerns and our worries, our defenses, or those sort of things. So, So, you know, Believe it or not, I'm a normal person too. So I know some people think pastors aren't normal people, but you know, I'm a normal person. So, so this week, I had a dermatology appointment. Any, you know, people have dermatology appointments? Oh yeah, right? It's the one doctor that you go to and you come back looking worse than you did when you went there. And so, I don't know if you probably can't tell on camera, but you know, I've got a couple spots that were frozen off here on my face. And I had one on my back that was scraped off for the B word, biopsy, right? You never like to hear that word. And, you know, I'm sure I'm trusting that things will be fine, but I'm kind of thinking about that. And then, I don't know if any of you noticed this, but on Friday night, there was like a hurricane that went through here. (laughs) I'm not, you know, it was kind of craziness. And we were fortunate. We didn't really have much that we lost. We had things get thrown around in the backyard, and there's trees down in our neighborhood, but our power was out for uh, about 12 hours. I've just talked to Ken Zell. The Zell's power is still out now. Here we go. Yes, craziness. So, um, you know, my phone isn't charging, my computer, I can't do that, so I'm going to come up here to church to see if the power is working here, and I'm coming uptown, and the lights are out. And I'm making a stop, and people go, and person turns left, and I go, and somebody else goes and hits my car. So you know what? That's just, so I'm bringing, I'm just honest, that's some of the concerns and worries. Was it my fault? Was it not? What's going to happen? What's it going to cost? How many, all those sort of things. But I love that, that Dallas prays, and this prayer says, you know what? Get past all of that. Lord, slip past all those things I bring on a Sunday morning. All those things that I bring on a Monday and a Tuesday and a Wednesday morning, get past that and do your good work in me. 
And that's, that's where I believe all of us want to be. So today we're looking at the, the, the third verse in Psalm 23. And, and it's, it's a beautiful psalm, and it's an incredible verse, and, and it, it, this is what it says. It says, right, he guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So I've worked through this, um, this one verse this whole week, been thinking about it, studying it, praying it through, and I came up, I, I was... I know God wants to lead us, and I know that he wants to lead us through his word. I know that the Bible is crucial. And so I came up with kind of the summary of my message. And so I'm going to give you the summary here at the beginning of the message, just in case you want daydream the rest of the time. At least you've got the summary here right at the beginning, okay? So here's the summary of my message. The Bible is crucial for seeking guidance in how we are to live. There are some good basics. Don't murder, don't steal, don't commit adultery. It will not tell you what college to go to or who to marry or what job to take or where to live or what church to go to or how to exactly respond to that person who hurt you and a myriad of other questions that we go through each and every day in our lives. But it will drive you into a loving relationship with the great God of creation who so desires to walk with you and guide you in paths of righteousness for his namesake. That's what the scriptures will do. It will drive you into a loving relationship with the creator who wants to walk with you, wants to be with you in all those decisions that you need to make, all those experiences going through right now. He wants to be with you. So back to Psalm 23 a little bit. We talked a little bit about last week how um, sheep are not very smart animals. Uh, they like to fight a lot. They're contagious, you know, in their, with one another. And, here, and here's kind of the truth about sheep. Left to themselves, sheep will wander and nibble to the root. That's, that's what sheep do. If you, you know, they just got their head down and they're eating and they'll just keep eating and eating. And if they're in the same pasture for quite a while... They will keep eating and eating until they actually get the roots out. And they will destroy that field to where it will not actually come back because the plants have been taken down to the root. So the sheep need a guide. And you and I, like sheep, need a guide. And here are some truths about the shepherd from Psalm 23 and Scripture in the whole. The shepherd knows the right paths. The shepherd knows the right way to take his sheep. A path, is, it's a, I was thinking about this this week. Um, even if, if you go hiking up in the mountains right here behind uh, our church, there are certain places where there are paths that go through all of the brush. And what a path is, is it's a well-worn route. It's a path that people have gone on before. And the route that the shepherd wants to take you on and the path that he wants to take you on is one that the shepherd has been on often. The shepherd knows the route. He knows which route is safe to take his sheep on, and he's been on this route many, many times. So when he says to the sheep, hey, follow me, I know where we're going, he has been on this route before. Another thing that's true about the shepherds is that the shepherd has gone ahead 
and prepared new pastures for his sheep. He's gone ahead and he's planted, he's uh, gotten rid of weeds, he's done things, and he's prepared these pastures and these new fields for the sheep. So he knows that the way he is going will lead his sheep to this new field and this new pasture. It's a route he knows well. It's a route he knows is safe. It's a route that he knows he's taking his sheep to where there is food, where there is a field. And then, because the the shepherd leads his sheep this way and they go to a new pasture, they are healthy. And healthy sheep bring high regard for the shepherd. If sheep were thin and sickly, constantly in conflict with one another, then that would speak really poorly of that shepherd. That shepherd would not be doing the right job and the best job. But if sheep are um, healthy and strong, have an abundance of wool, that shepherd is well thought of in the community. So the shepherd knows the route he's taking his sheep on. He knows that he has prepared a pasture for them to feed in, He knows that they will then grow strong and have a lot of wool, and that will speak well of the shepherd. That's basically what this verse means that we're looking at today. And I just want to encourage you to know that Jesus is a good guide to follow. That Jesus is the ultimate shepherd for you and I. That he's the one who knows the route. He's the one that has prepared the place for us. He's the one that will ultimately gain the notoriety. And, and there's a lot of different types of guides. I thought about this this week. If you, um, if you go to a, a museum, Nancy and I have gone to a couple museums uh, in the last few months. Um, we didn't actually do this, but you could do this. You download an app onto your phone And it will go around, and as you're at different pieces of art, it will explain the history of the art. It will tell you more about the art. It'll give you a lot of information. Um, If you do an overseas trip and you're in some city doing sightseeing, you can get on a a bus of some sort, and there's a tour guide that will then, as you're going through the city, will explain different parts of the city and point it out to you. And, And Jesus, in some ways, may be like that sort of guide a little bit, but I think that Jesus is more like a jungle guide. This is what he's like, right? That that type of guide that is with you, that type of guide that is walking through whatever you're going through, the type of guide that, that creates camp with you, protects you, is there through everything that you're going through. He's not just dumping some information on you and saying, well, here's a map, and why don't you follow the map? No, he is a guide that walks with you and takes you through whatever you're going through is the type of guide that Jesus is. You see, in Mark chapter 1, he grabs his disciples, right? We know this in verse 16. It says, as Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake for their fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. And then uh, right away he sees uh, James and John doing the same thing. He calls them, and all four of these men leave the fishing behind 
and start to follow after Jesus. Jesus now becomes their guide, right? And Simon and Andrew and James and John literally follow Jesus. They're learning from him as he teaches. They're watching in wonder as he heals people. They're watching how he responds to criticism from people. They're learning from Jesus as a guide as they actually walk through life together. And Jesus, I believe, had prepared new pastures for these four and the other disciples to see. Things that would just blow their minds. Right? Jesus says, blessed are the poor. They'd look at each other, really? We thought the rich were the blessed ones. Love your enemies? No, no, we're supposed to love our friends and our, no, love your enemies? Hey, wait, he's allowing a tax collector to be one of the disciples with us. How does that work? He's talking with a Samaritan woman. He just touched a leper. He's talking with a Pharisee. He just healed a centurion's servant. He walks on water, and then he says to them, hey, we're going to Jerusalem, and I'll suffer many things and be killed, and on the third day raised to life. And these disciples saw that the dividing wall between Jews and Gentiles had been destroyed, and that, in fact, Jesus rises from the dead. These are all new pastures for these men. These are things that they would have never thought of before. And yet, as they follow Jesus, as he is their guide, they see these new experiences and new truth. And then these disciples actually experience Works of righteousness. Jesus says to him, okay, you 12 that have been following me, it's your turn to go out now. And I give you power and authority to drive out demons, to cure diseases, and to preach the kingdom of God. And it says that they preached the kingdom everywhere they went. And they come back after a few weeks, and they say, Jesus, we saw Satan fall. We saw you do amazing things. We saw these paths that you led us out on. We saw incredible things happen. And ultimately, God's name is glorified. That is what happens. That's when it happens when you follow Jesus as a shepherd, when you follow him as the guide in your life. Ultimately, God is glorified. It's not about us. We should not be the ones getting the credit. In essence, we should be a, a mirror that reflects all credit back to God. In Exodus 34, um, I think it's, well, I think it's one of the more interesting sections of Scripture. So I'll just give you a little bit of a, um, how it works. Uh, we know this. Uh, Moses takes the uh, Israelites out of Egypt. Uh, they stop at Mount Sinai. God calls Moses up onto the mountain to get the, the Ten Commandments. He's up there for 40 days. Uh, the Lord per, makes the tablets for him, puts the Ten Commandments on him, gives them to Moses. But since Moses has gone so long, the people start to go crazy. They tell Aaron, hey, we don't know where Moses is. 
make us our own God. So they give them all this gold and they make the golden calves and they start celebrating around the calves and doing going crazy. So the Lord uh, sends Moses back down and says, hey, you better get down there. Things aren't going so good. So then Moses comes down off the mountain and he sees what's happening and he throws the Ten Commandments on the ground and they break. And then he goes over to Aaron and goes, hey, what happened? He goes, I don't know. You know these people. <laughs> they just started giving me some gold and we put it in the furnace and these calves came out and all this stuff. And so Moses then grinds up the calves and burns them and makes them drink it, all this stuff. But then the Lord says to Moses, okay, come on back up. You, you need the Ten Commandments. But this time, you have to chisel out your own tablets. So before he comes up the mountain, Moses has to chisel out his own tablets and bring them up to the Lord, and the Lord writes on them the second time. And then we get this in, in, verse, in chapter 34, verse 5. Then the Lord came down in a cloud and stood there with Moses and proclaimed his name, the Lord. This is what we're getting is, what does it mean that the, his name is so important? And as he passed in front of Moses proclaiming, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebelling and sin, Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of their fathers to the third and fourth generation. But here's what he says. He says, Yahweh, Yahweh. It's twice in there. This is my name. My name is so crucial. I mean, we were talking with uh, Katrina this week. You know, she's about to have a baby in a month or so, a little bit more. And she says, oh, it's... The, the, it's, it's so hard to come up with a name. And so those of us that are parents realize how hard it is. But the name in the scriptures is so important, and God's name is so important. So he says, Yahweh, Yahweh. And then he, then he describes who he is, what this name means. I'm compassionate. I'm gracious. I'm slow to anger. I'm abounding in love and faithfulness. I have love for the thousands. I'm forgiving sin Yet there are consequences to this sin. But this is his name. This is who he is. You see, often, when we think of breaking the third commandment, which is don't take the Lord's name in vain, we think it's don't swear. But ultimately, what it means to not take the Lord, to break the third commandment is to say that you belong to the Lord and yet you don't act like he is. That you say you know the Lord's name, but you don't actually live it out. That is what it really means to take the Lord's name in vain. Because the Lord's name is so important. And David says, he guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake, that his name would be honored and glorified, that we ultimately would be people who are in paths of righteousness, that are people who are compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, that we give love to thousands. That is what it means to be in paths of righteousness, and that our God's name is glorified. And, and Jesus understood this. Again, he's looking at his disciples one day, and he says to them, you are the light of the world. 
A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. That that's ultimately what it means to give God glory and that his name would be honored. So our whole role in this as sheep, as ones who want to follow after the shepherd, as ones who want Jesus to be our guide in life, is to trust him. That is ultimately what we are called to do, is to trust Jesus as the guide through life. So I, I mentioned this in sermons before, and I wrote about it in a blog and all that, but um, I have this routine in the mornings. I get up every morning and I stretch because I realize I'm getting older and I need to stretch just to get through my day in some way. So my last stretch is a stretch where I'm on the floor and I'm stretching my hamstrings and I'm looking at my wall and I have a bunch of crosses on my wall in my study. And as I do that final stretch, I say Galatians 2.20, which is I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And then I ask, what does it mean for me today to live this day by faith? You see, in the Greek, that word, the same word means faith or trust. What does it mean for me today to trust Jesus through my day? We have um, three resources that God gives us to help us live this life of trust. One we've already talked about is the Bible, right? That it is the word of God. And, and we believe as we read it, that God knows how to live this life better than we do. That he created it, and he's given us his word to help us live that life. The second thing that we have in terms of living a life of trust is that we have the Holy Spirit, and we trust that the Holy Spirit is in us and will lead us to all truth. And then a third thing we have, and this is beautiful, is we have the example of others throughout history. That there are many others that have gone before us and have tried to live this life of faith. Right? There are many others that have been on that path, that have walked before us. Hebrews 11 is the hall of fame for faith, right? And it talks about, talks about Noah and Abraham and Moses and David and Rahab and all these that have gone before and have been people of faith that have trusted in God. And then I'm just recently, I've been reading this amazing book called Water from a Deep Well. And it's by Jerry Sitzer. And this man experienced incredible tragedy. He's a professor up at Whitworth. And I don't know, 20 plus years ago, he was in an accident. And his wife and daughter and mother were all killed in the accident. And so this man understands pain, but this is a beautiful book where he goes throughout history 
and reminds us that there have been people that have gone before us. There were the martyrs in the early time. There were the people that were the first parts of the church. There were the people that lived the desert mothers and fathers. There were the mystics. There were the missionaries. He goes throughout history and says, what can we learn from all of these people? How they lived out their life with Jesus. 2,000 years of history of people walking on the path. And then Hebrews 12 reminds us how to respond to this. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Fix our eyes on the guide. Get to know him so well as you study scripture that you can follow after him. And you can trust him no matter what happens, no matter what worries or concerns are kind of at you right now. But grow in your trust of Jesus. Here's a quote from Dallas Willard about trusting Jesus from his book that we've been reading says, when you're betrayed, abandoned, lied about, scandalized, when you are sick with a fatal disease, when your finances are going down the drain, when you see your loved ones walk through a doorway of hell, that is the moment to trust. And in trusting, you will know God. You will know God. It's in those moments of difficulty, it's in those moments of concern that God is our shepherd because he is with you. He's not a guide that says, hey, here's a map, go ahead. Or here, I've heard maybe go that way. No, he leads you in paths of righteousness. So do you have concerns in your life these days? You have things that you're just not sure what to do or a decision you have to make. Go to Jesus and have him be your guide. And I'll just end with this one verse from Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Let me pray for us. Lord, that is our prayer, that you would, um, that you would make our path straight, that we would be men and women who would um, trust you as you lead us on these paths. And even though, Lord, we have not been on this path before, even though we don't know what pasture is ahead for us, Lord, you've been on this path. You've been on this path before. Millions and millions of followers of yours have been on paths before us. And so help us to trust you. Help us to place our faith in Jesus alone. For he is the only one 
He's the only one who can lead and guide us in paths of righteousness. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us. For more information about Baseline Community Church, please go to BaselineCC.com.